The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 120 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm good. Megan is recovering from a really bad cold, and she's here with us anyway. So I'm podcasting in bed again today because uh, just it's been a it's been a week. The podcast what, must so. go on. It must. I'm excited about this topic, though. <laughs> Me too. We're going to really get into this. So last week, if you listen, episode 119 was uh, the first in this series, which is about finding babysitters and caregivers. Um, and it was kind of an overview. We talked about finding great sitters, how to find them, and how to kind of know what's right for you. Um, it's funny, when we do these two-part series, often we record both parts in one sitting. It makes it easier for our brains. Yeah. But last week, we didn't. And I, in a way, I'm so glad... I'm so glad it worked out that way, Megan, because we actually got feedback on part one that's kind of fresh in our mind for part two. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. 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 It's it. Usually we do that to save time or or because we need to like skip a week of recording or something. It's a nice little trick. But it's in this case, it worked out that we didn't. So yeah. Yeah, So we definitely heard from you guys. We got a really awesome email from a full time professional nanny who listens to our show, which I I love that. First of all, like how lucky is that family to have a nanny who she's 21 years old and is a full time nanny and listens to our show as part of her job because she works. It's like part of her job training. I know she actually said in there that she just feels like it helps her do her job better and I just thought that was really awesome that's yeah. amazing and it was a really it was a really good email too about um, well you probably have it right in front of you because you're so organized <laughs> Sarah but it, she had a lot of good good in- information and advice in there yeah and we'll pull some of that in as we get into especially talking about how we communicate with our caregivers and building that relationship so um, one thing that we're not going to spend a lot of time on and I realized that could have seemed like an omission last week is searching for a full-time daycare or child care center I realized we didn't even go there and in my mind, it's, it was because this topic was really about the caregivers we bring into our homes, whether that's just a quick date night or like a regular scheduled sitter that you use several hours per week. Um, and I was thinking about how we could maybe touch on that. And one thing is we've done quite a bit on finding the right school for your child. And I almost feel like searching for a full-time daycare or childcare center falls more under that, like finding a school that's right for you. Because it's such a different topic, don't you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. 
She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so we're going to start talking about the sitters that are actually coming into our homes, the caregivers, the part-time nannies, the full-time nannies, if that's your situation. Um, We left off last week talking about how to find these people and how to kind of know which type of sitter or caregiver arrangement will work for you. We spent quite a bit of time on that last week. Um, So I kind of, I want to get into how we communicate with our caregivers, which sounds sort of like formal and awkward, Mm -hmm. but it's so important. And last week we, I spent a lot of time talking about how I was not very good at this whole babysitter thing for many years (laughs) of early motherhood. Um, And I feel like this is an area I've gotten a lot better. I think when you're just having an occasional date night or occasional sitter, like I said last week, you're always starting over. You're always meeting them for the first time, introducing them to your kids for the first time. And we talked about how that's really hard to do over and over again for the first time. And that's why we both of us were singing the praises of the idea of having, you know, having a few sitters that are on regular rotation, um, even if you don't need it for, you know, full time care, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So... I don't know. I guess I want to talk about what we communicate when the sitter comes to the door, comes in, and maybe what we don't need to communicate, because I'm totally guilty of telling them all the things that maybe is too much I'm, information. I, I'm sitting here like, like this is one of those times, Sarah, where I think you're going to have a lot to say and I'm going to have very little to say. Well, don't go to I'm sleep actually, on me. <laughs> I'm thinking about what are the things I communicate to my sitter. And it's usually like the mac and cheese is in the cabinet uh, or pizza's on its way. I'll be back, you know, at 10. Right. I, I communicate very little with my sitters. And but your kids are older that, now. That's true. And that's not to say that I haven't, I do a lot of communicating up front. And right. it's probably unfair. Like I, like I just kind of give them the whole big 
um, like all the Cliff's notes of my kids right off the bat. And then unless something's happened, I don't know how much I go back and recommunicate. But but talk and maybe something will come to mind as you're talking. Maybe I do okay. more than I think. Well, I think you brought up a good point, which is if this if you're bringing someone on who's going to be on a regular schedule or even just going to be hopefully your regular person for occasional sitting needs. Yeah. Um, I think what you just said is actually so important. And that is like an initial get to know our family debrief. And I yes. feel like um, that can be awkward and I'm mm-hmm. a big avoider of awkward conversations. But <laughs> the thing is, if you don't do it right at the beginning, what you the, the corner you back yourself into is then having to have even worse awkward conversations yes. because maybe they did something that you don't agree with or they assumed something, you know, what happens when we all make assumptions. So that's, yes. I think you probably are doing some communicating, but I love that you brought up that doing it right at the front end is yeah. um, yep. important. Yes. Even if, even if this is not a full-time nanny you've hired, but just someone who will be coming occasionally. So yeah. I guess the things I wrote down are whether it's one time or like a, a full-time person you're bringing on, I think communicating the non-negotiables, whatever the few, whether it's house rules or the way you want them to, you know, communicate or discipline your kids. Um, Like you said, the rundown on each child, like a little bit of background info on each kid, keeping those like most important things and a relatively short list of them and then letting go of mom's way is the only way, which I think is hard when your kids, when your kids are really little and can't speak for themselves. I know I spent Mm -hmm. a lot of time explaining bedtime routines and like where to find the spare lovey and which pajamas they prefer. And part of that was in the spirit of wanting my kids to feel secure and wanting the sitter to not feel like she was totally like without any support of how to do things. But at the same time, I almost feel like too much information is overwhelming. So I think I've gotten better about that as time went on. I think I, I think that's true. And some of that can be written down, I think, yes. so that it doesn't have to be you debriefing them or like trying, they're trying to remember everything and you're taking them all around the house and showing them where everything is. I think sometimes right. putting that on a paper means they can check it if they need to. Yes. They don't like have to sit there and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and well, like listen to everything that you're saying. And they'll forget it. I mean, think about how, right. how it is for you if someone just like downloads a whole bunch of information for you. So yeah. And it's funny because I used to think that writing stuff down seemed sort of like this OCD helicopter mom thing to do, but you're totally right. It's, it's actually more respectful of (laughs) the sitter's ability to process all that information by writing it down and then maybe just talking high level. One thing I have done, um, especially if I'm bringing on a new sitter and the first time they're going to be watching my kids, if I know that is going to be a little bit of a crazy time, like let's say I have to leave right away or they're going to be doing dinner and bedtime and, you know, complicated stuff, then I will have them over for like 15 minutes um, ahead of time, like on a different day. Um, And that has actually helped for my own kind of just stress level about it because when when a sitter shows up at the door my kids get really excited my dog gets excited I'm trying to leave and if that's the first time we're all meeting it can be a lot to communicate those things um so I have had done like kind of a walkthrough or whatever um and you have to remember too especially we talked last week about the young ones and how great younger sitters can be but the younger they are I feel like the less home management skills they have oh yeah home management skills so things like the dog and cooking in your kitchen if they're going to be doing that and like just sort of common sense things about 
managing your household if they're going to be doing that for a certain amount of time. Um, I have sort of taken the time to walk, you know, walk through how where the air conditioner is, like all those kinds yeah. of things. Um, I find that like college age and older, if they've just spent more time in different homes and on their own, it's a little less important. I don't know. Do you I, I do the well, I do the meeting thing, too, uh, yeah. like on a different day. Um, anytime there's a newsletter. And it's funny, I, I don't. I was just thinking back if there's ever a time I haven't done that. And for whatever reason, it's all I always have unless it's someone we all know. Okay. So if it's someone we all know, I might just have them come early so I can show them around the house and stuff. But if right. it's someone that um, the kids don't know yet, you know, even if I vetted them and know them through a friend or whatever, um, I'll have them come by just to meet the kids, really. Yeah. Just to say, this is the person who's going to be coming to play with yeah. you tomorrow. Um, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I feel better about that because like you said, it's chaotic. You're trying to get out the door and then yeah. you don't want to be doing like this really rushed um, rundown of everything right at that moment. Right. So yeah, totally agree. Okay. Well, so now I want to get into some of the actual things that I've communicated or that can come up and some of them are awkward. So this is a big one. Have you had conversations about what kind of cleaning is expected of a sitter? Now I know that like whether you expect your sitter to clean or clean up, it's highly dependent on how long they're in your house and yeah. like what level of caregiver they're providing. Um, but for some reason, that's just an awkward conversation. Um, is it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, no, I, I think I've, hmm, I've not felt that that was awkward. I so think how would you communicate? It? I would say things like, okay, it, it would be great if you could, um, you know, clean up the kitchen and I would just make it like part of the, that day's job. It's not something where, Every time you come, I'm going to expect that you do these things. It'll be like, you know, when you guys when you guys are done, if you could clean up the kitchen, that would be great. Okay. Uh, now that my kids are older, often it's, could you oversee the kids cleaning up okay. the kitchen? That's a little less awkward because it becomes part of, I guess, because it's more part of the babysitting thing. Right. Um, I don't know. It's. I think when I've done it, I just kind of throw it out as sort of like a, just sort of a casual like, hey, and before I get back, if the kitchen was clean, that would be great. Something like that. Like, just... And they usually do it. I haven't really had sitters who I thought really fell down on the job in that regard, but I don't expect a lot of them right. um, in that way, except for the the woman I had last year who came, mm-hmm. and that was part of her job description. And she knew that very clearly going in. Yeah, um, that's what you said. We kind yeah. of finished on that last week was it was so nice because using that service where the job description was pre-written and yes, clear. And that really, yeah. and that was every day. And sometimes I would even give her because she had a lot of time. She, yeah. she had two hours a morning and it doesn't take that much work to get, you know, two kids up who are older yeah. up and off and ready for school. So sometimes I would say, Hey, if you could, you know, in addition to, she always, the kitchen was always spotless, but I would say like, in addition to that, if you could fold laundry or if you could blah, blah, blah. And because it had been communicated ahead of time, right. it was really easy yes. with more casual sitters with like a nightly, just coming over while I go out sitter, I would uh-huh. just kind of almost like toss it over my shoulder on the way out the door. I don't know. It's just, I, I think, well, maybe, maybe, maybe if you think about it too much ahead of time, that's where it becomes awkward. I think for well, me, it's like I'd look around and go, you know what? I really would be great. <laughs> A clean kitchen. No, Can you I, make that happen? I, yeah, I love that. I think, um, cause I feel like I always hear moms be like, Oh, the sitters who don't put the dishes away in the sink. And I have to say, I have not, made that a big priority, especially because my kids are little. If I'm having, especially a teenager or even a young adult come over, their hands are going to be full with my three young children. So I actually haven't, I haven't been mad if they haven't 
loaded the dishes in the dishwasher. I do notice. I will say I notice. Often we're leaving around five, between five and six, say we might be leaving. So often I've gotten dinner started or maybe even put dinner out for the kids, but no no cleanup has happened. So I will say I always notice uh, what level they take that to, whether they just clear the plates and stack them, which is totally fine with me. That's honestly, that's all I do a lot of evenings until I can get back and do the dishes. But so I notice it, but I I really never say anything. Now I have, when we've had um, a sitter for like, a whole day, like an eight hour day, or we have had one sitter that stayed overnight. Um, the way I say it is, can you um, just with the kids, if they get something out, a game or an activity, um, can you just make sure that you guys are putting things away as you go? And that's, um, I feel like that should be common sense. It doesn't necessarily come up if a sitter's only there for a couple hours, but if they're there for a longer period of time and they're getting out a game and getting out an activity and getting out the dress up bin, obviously, I would think it would follow that they are putting those things away. But I have said that. Um, And again, my kids are not as old as yours, but they're getting to an age where that can be also something that they are part of. Um, And I know our our rock star sitter, Erin, that I talked about last week, um, just has a really good handle on expecting that of the kids. And she'll do things like, okay, we're going to clean up this before we move on to do the next thing, like a mom would. Yeah. And I I think that's that's another thing like that I've. Uh, that's a way you can phrase it like make sure like if you could make sure the kids are cleaning up after themselves right um, of course that's still going to take effort yeah from them but that's different than asking someone to clean the house I think it's, like just said, it's, like, it's just the dishes it's just the dishes thing caregiving. that I yeah. I have never like wanted I've never said when you babysit at our house I expect you to you know load the dishwasher or something but I think oh. you're right I think it's because I'm making it into like a policy thing instead of right a, just like a one-off like hey could you do this and and the other thing is you know frankly in my house there's always some because i have older kids who roam the kitchen like (laughs) all hours the the kitchen's never closed in my house right um so there's always dishes i don't even know that i would necessarily notice unless the sitter themselves made a big mess right right and then didn't clean it up um the other thing that is different in my household is that because i have teenagers if I hire a sitter right now, usually they're not staying past bedtime. Even if I'm going to be out later, often they're there to play with the younger kids, mm-hmm. help them with their homework if it's in school night, whatever, get them to bed, mm-hmm. and then they leave. Because, because you have I teenagers. have other yeah. human bodies in yeah. the house who can do the rest of that. They're just there to, to be that sort of constant, that person to keep them occupied, that person yeah. to make sure things happen. Um, it would be different, I think, if this was a more classic situation where you've got like a two-year-old the two-year-old goes to bed at nine mom and dad come home at midnight and there's mm-hmm. been three hours that the sitter's been sitting on the couch watching tv like that i think would be a little bit different and maybe in those times that, that the the uh, sitter might need more guidance in what to do with those three hours you know i see i <laughs> but, always tell them yeah. to bring homework i never i never expect them to clean up the kitchen i'm terrible yeah, all right. yeah. well no, you're not I, terrible i, sh- I probably care. should yeah I, do, I don't care i think also i have deep-seated insecurities about how dirty i keep my own house so then i'm like well how why would i expect them to do anything different right <laughs> yeah i'm paying them okay we've uncovered it's, some of my you know, well issues. i just i guess so sarah gosh this is like <laughs> therapy i think i think the fact that you think it's awkward to ask is more about you than them. That's all I can say. Oh, totally. And that's not, and totally not like judging at all, but like, cause it's not really an awkward thing to make a request. Right. But it is if, if, if it's loaded. Yeah. If it's loaded for you, it's going to be loaded in the ask. And so maybe you're doing the right thing, just not asking because yeah, you don't care. Funny. So um, okay. So I'm going to move on to another awkward conversation I've had. Let's oh, talk about you and your issues anymore. <laughs> no, this, we're going right through all of my issues. Okay, good. Um, 
No, this one came up because I did have, I have had sitters drive my car and pick up my kids from school. It makes me nervous mm. every time. Um, partly because driving is a, a big deal. Um, but also the school pickup is, we've talked in pre- previous episodes about like car line, like drama, like how complicated the elementary school pickup line rules are. And so I've had to like write out detailed instructions about sitters driving my car through the school pickup line. But I did ask for, I just asked to make sure they had um, insurance and clean driving records. And it was like, it was by text and it was slightly yeah. awkward. Um, but I felt like I had to do it. And the thing is, they could have lied, I guess. And right. I, I, ha- I already had basic trust level with these sitters. They had watched my kids before on multiple right. occasions. They'd just never driven my kids or driven my car. And so I said, I just have to ask since we'll be out of town when you're or since I'll be out of town while you're driving, you know, just want to make sure you're fully insured and, you know, have a clean driving record. And they both were fine about it. I think yeah. texting nowadays is a way, not that you should avoid every potentially awkward conversation by texting. But if it's something you can solve by text, that can save face and a little it, bit too. And it's what they're used to. It's, yeah. a, it's a medium that everyone's comfortable with. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I just agree. felt like I felt a little better like I had, you know, done my due diligence. Um, another one that came up and actually um, Kristen and Liz at Cool Mom Tech have a blog post about this that I'll link to. But that is if you have somebody who's gonna be watching your little, little kids regularly um, and you are concerned that they might be posting to social media like pictures of your kids oh Um, I wonder what you were going for here okay yeah yeah so I this hasn't come up for me mostly because it's it seems like it would apply more to like a full-time or half-time nanny situation um but with you know these young adults who live a lot of their lives in a rather public social media way if you have concerns about images of your kids um or locations what park they're at you know this is all very personal like how comfortable you are and maybe it's not a concern for you and how prolific your sitter's social media activity right. is. Um, but there, I think that's definitely one that could be brought up explicitly and just said, hey, you know, I'm not comfortable with any pictures of my children on your social media or whatever you decide. So Cool Mom Tech has a um, four tips for creating a social media policy with your child care provider. So I will link to that in the show notes. And again, your your expectations might be on the more permissive side or they might be really stringent and that's okay. But again, communicating that at the front end because I can really see how an 18 or 19 year old would not have any malicious intent. It's just what's native to them about how they post to social media. And that could be yeah. quite different than what is what, okay with you. Well, and I guess it, maybe just not making assumptions. If, yes, that's my, <laughs> if something yes. is important to you, you cannot assume it's important to anyone else. Because Absolutely. for me, the social media thing, I don't care. I I'm don't really either. not at all concerned about it. Um, if it became a concern, then I guess then it would be a concern, right? But it's yeah. not. So it wouldn't even, like if someone said something about, you know, if I was a sitter and someone said something like, don't, you know, or, or like was mad at me later for posting a picture of their kids, I would be flummoxed only because it wouldn't well you know honestly it would occur to me because I'm an adult and I'm, yeah. I live in this world and I'm yeah. kind of more sensitive to it but as a teenager no way I would because it's not on my radar to be worried about it I wouldn't be so yeah I think one thing we're really uncovering here is that certain things matter a whole lot more to some people than other things matter yeah. and you can never assume that anyone is going to get your stuff until no, you tell them you you can't assume and on the social media note um I'll just tell one quick story that um I think if something does happen with regard to social media or posting pictures or something, I think there's still sort of a softer way to approach it than assume like, oh my gosh, my child's privacy has been compromised or whatever. But um, my kids did tell me that they'd been doing Snapchat with one of their sitters. And Snapchat is the one social platform that I really have 
zero experience on none, which makes it a little more like seem a little scarier just because I don't know it. So right. um, I think what I did, I don't even remember, but I think what I did is just ask. And it turned out they were Snapchatting privately with the, so we had two sitters who were best friends with each other. Yeah. So they, it was before Instagram had the cute like bunny face yeah, so they were doing filters. Like the so they were doing the stuff, funny yeah. animal faces and sending it to the other sitter who knew my kids who right. were studying abroad, which actually was very innocent. And they were turning themselves into like puppies and kitties. And they only did it for about 10 minutes is what I found out later. So I guess the other thing is if something happens that seems off, asking questions and not jumping to the worst possible conclusion, especially if oh, this is a sitter yeah. that that you generally trust. Um, yeah. So I think it's just no that kids practice. have a very kids often have a very um <laughs> Uh, different perspective on something that happened. You know, their their sense of time is often a little skewed. I remember hearing from a teacher once that said, I promise to only believe 90 or I don't know, 20% of what your kids say about you. If you promise to only believe 20% of what they say about me. That was actually in our back to school night last week. Our second grade teacher had that same, like a version of that quote on her slide presentation. (laughs) Yes. Their idea of what actually happened can be very skewed. So, right. Yes. Um, And gosh, it gets easier when your kids can, really explain and not just tell you like little bits of what happened. So right. I feel for yes. our listeners who have two-year-olds and babies <laughs> exactly. who really can't say that much about what happened. Right. Um, okay. So the next thing I want to get into, which will lead into the topic of money and how much we pay um, is kind of just, we've started to go there and that is sort of being comfortable in your role of, I am an employer, even if it's just for this two hours once a month, I am an employer and this person is working for me. Um, and I think that took me a long time to get comfortable with, but I actually think it makes the relationship so much better. It's not that you have to be a mean employer or that you can't be friendly with them, but I think most sitters really appreciate, like we talked about, the advance notice about stuff, a little bit of structure yeah. and guidance, expectations. Um, Megan is the name of the nanny who wrote to us. Um, And several of her points were all about that, knowing ahead of time what's expected on both sides. You know, she said that she had a couple nightmare stories of being expected to scrub toilets and clean bathrooms when that's not in that is not the service she provides. It's not that there's anything wrong with wanting a housekeeper sitter combination. That's fine. But that's not what she was hired for. And then that's what she was expected to do. So all of this that we've been talking about, I think. When you're a young mom or a mom of young kids, um, if you don't have a lot of experience hiring and firing people, either professionally or like domestically, it's going to feel weird. And I think it just gets easier over time. But I also think it's so much better for everyone um, to sort of own that role. I don't know. Totally agree. And and I do think that that is something practice uh, with practice comes comfort. And if you... Do, the more you do it, it's like flexing a muscle. The yes. more you do it, the stronger the muscle gets. And the older your kids get, the easier it gets the confidence. It's the yeah. confidence level to be like, hey, wait, these are my kids. And this yes. is my house. And, this and I can how decide how, yeah. and this is how we do things here. And, you know, as long as you understand that, you can decide, you can make a conscious um, decision yeah. about whether you're on board or not. And Absolutely. it's not a personal thing. It's just, this is what the job is. Uh, are you in? And so, I think, yeah. and I think when you're brand new, I mean, I, I talked last week about how we had an older Uh, very part-time nanny with my first baby. I mean, she probably had 40 years of taking care of babies and I had three months of being a mom. So it was, I I just felt like, well, she knows more than I do. So it was very much a role reversal. Like I really should have, and not that I should have been strict or mean, I just should have really owned my role much more than I did. And there was so many things about that that felt weird because I just felt like she was the more experienced one, but it didn't matter. She was 
working for our family. Right. And so that's obviously that's an extreme example of like being well. And, and I bet I'm sure in that situation, she probably sensed how uncomfortable you were yeah. and was just like, I'll just take over then. Yeah. I know what I'm doing, you know, so it 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 shifts the balance. It shifts the power structure. It's like, it's yeah. no good for anybody because nobody knows what to do in right. that situation. And then when you do have to bring something up and we did have a couple of issues with her later on, then it was even that much more awkward because the relationship had been established in a, in sort like you said, like almost like a flip flopped way. So we are welcoming back ritual as a sponsor today, Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Sarah, we're welcoming our sponsor, Element. That's spelled L-M-N-T, a zero sugar electrolyte drink that leans on current science about what our bodies really need in order to deliver the most effective hydration possible. You know, Sarah, Eric is really into keeping up with health research, and he's been insisting to me for years that we actually need more salt to stay hydrated. Turns out Element agrees because they've developed their product based on a growing body of research that shows that for optimal health outcomes, we actually need to be taking in sodium levels at two to three times government recommendations. That's a big difference. Yeah, it really is, Megan. And, you know, electrolyte deficiency or imbalances can cause headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog and weakness. I know I can feel really rotten when I'm dehydrated. And also, I don't love the taste of plain water, so I'm not that great about drinking it. Element makes a huge difference in how much I'm enjoying my hydration and in how I feel, and it's super easy to fit it into my daily routine. My favorite flavor of Element is the grapefruit, but if that's not for you, we're going to get you set up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite Element flavor. Plus, Element has a no-questions-asked refund policy. You don't even have to send the product back to get your refund. Yeah, you can receive a free Element sample pack containing one packet of eight flavors. So you'll get eight total packets free with any order when you purchase through our custom URL. That's drinkelement.com slash momhour, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and it's available for both new and returning customers. To get that offer, again, go to drinkelement.com slash momhour. Okay. I mean, I didn't even vet this with you. I did not pre-approve this with you, but I think we should actually talk about <laughs> oh. going rates for sitters in our various. Oh, locales. well, okay. We can do that. Now, keeping in mind things are very different in the small town Mayberry Midwest where I live. 
Yeah, uh, and I live in you. fairly affluent Orange County. Um, actually, there's a very wide range of normal where yeah, I, I was live. just going to say the same thing. There's a so very wide range. I think we should. I don't think we should give one dollar value. I think we should talk about how how this works. Um, yeah. So here's how I did it in the beginning. I used to ask sitters how much they charged, and then I would pay them that, and then I would round up out of guilt every time at the last <laughs> minute, like aggressively rounding up. Um, I have really changed over time. <laughs> how I approach this. Um, now I try to ask whoever's referred the sitter to me what they've paid. That's not always, that's sometimes if I don't know the person well who's ha had the sitter or I don't feel it's appropriate, then I won't. But if it's a close friend of mine, I'll just, I'll say, do you mind asking, do you mind me asking what you've paid them in the past? Um, because I feel like pay is hugely dependent on what the sitter is doing for you. Absolutely. How many kids they're watching? Are they driving? Are they making meals? And I really didn't, um, I guess I didn't have enough experience with sitters to need that differentiation in the first yes. several years, but now I do. So I try to yeah. find out ahead of time what what they have been paid, but I don't use, I don't then take that and just go with it. I also take other things into account. Um, I have a lot of times where I need a sitter for just one of my three kids, um, and so I have started doing kind of a sliding scale that I communicate to the sitter up front and say, you know, look, if this works for you, I'd like to pay you X when it's one kid. Y when it's two and Z when it's three kids. And I get their buy-in on that, of course. Right. Um, they have an opportunity to negotiate. But then the reason I like that is I don't get I don't get guilt tripped by my own self into rounding up. Like, oh, they had all three kids tonight yeah. and they made dinner. So I actually yeah. prefer to set it kind of a slightly lower bar if it's just one kid and then a higher, like higher than average or higher than I maybe would be comfortable with for all three. And then it sort of evens out in the end. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and and I, I want to just be really clear that my pricing uh, strategy, it fluctuates like wildly, uh, wildly from time to time, circumstance to circumstance yeah. that I know about. Like there, I don't really have a, a set in stone amount. Um, I, don't I don't either. I, I would say mine yeah. is different every time, yeah. too. Based on yeah. all those factors. So around here, I think that, I mean, I know people who pay their sitters like hardly anything, like five bucks an hour. I don't do that. I mean, that would feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, I usually pay if it's a teenage sitter okay. and it's an easy job. I pay around what they'd make for a minimum wage job in town, which okay. here is like around eight bucks an hour. Okay. I almost always pay more than that. Right. But that's kind of where I start it. Well, um, I would do 10, which isn't yeah. that much more it's considering much where different. we live. Yeah. For, for a teenage sitter who walks down the street and doesn't have to drive themselves there and is doing an easy job, I would start at 10, maybe. Yeah. 11. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, I think, um, it sometimes turns into 10 because mm -hmm. I'll, like you said, I'll factor other things in. So let's say the sitter had to drive away or let's say she took Claire out for ice cream and mm -hmm. I gave her some money for the ice cream, but I'm not exactly sure how much it was. I'll let her keep the change on top. I think it probably usually ends up being more like nine or 10 bucks an hour. Right. But eight is sort of the number in my head that I start with. Right. Sometimes it depends how much cash I have. Yeah. <laughs> like on my person. Right. Um, uh, age definitely matters. The role matters. So the person who was coming in the mornings and watching my kids for two hours every, you know, three days a week yeah. was more like in, the, I think, 1250 in an hour okay. range. But she was also doing like light, like she was helping to keep my household running. It was right. a very different situation. She was doing really light housework. She was getting into school on time. It was more of a commitment. She had to be there every, you know, every right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. So um, that was different. And, and honestly, I think I, I think she was probably in this area overpaid, but I didn't care because okay. like I wanted her, you right. know, and she was, no. 
Yeah. And she was from Chicago where she would have gotten more. So I wanted to respect that as well. Like that, that this is what she was used to. Do you have, is that about, do you have any concept for if someone were to hire a full-time nanny who was, you know, making meals, cleaning up after the baby, like about what the hourly would be in your area? I think around here it'd probably be, again, it would depend whether it was like a college kid or a, you know, a nanny nanny person, but I'm going to say between 10 and 15 bucks an hour. Okay. If there's a baby involved on the higher end. Okay. So like, you know, I think this is is really, I think it's good to just be forthcoming about it. It's not like we set these rates. This is just where we live. So, um, again, I live in fairly affluent orange County, which is inflated on, on everything. Cost of living, everything is. Um, so, I think here, if a full-time nanny with a like a professional level nanny who is maybe driving kids or, and or prepping meals is more like twenty to twenty-five. I have and never that, paid, and that, I've never that, paid that much because I haven't hired yeah. that kind of person. But I'm pretty sure that's standard. that may be the case. Like more in an, like a two executive family. I will say we don't have a lot of those families here. Right. Like people right. tend to if the. One spouse is an executive. The other one tends to have a more flexible job. Right. Um, people do have nannies. I mean, there are stay-at-home moms who have nannies, but they're not like in their house all day doing right. everything. They're right. sort of like, they're more like sitters. Right. So I just don't think that arrangement is as common here. Um, right. Or if it is, I don't know those people. So. I think it's I think it's, it's <laughs> so. more common here than when I lived in Arizona, for sure. Okay. There's a lot yeah. of full-time nannies. So now we've just set, we've set a basic range from five to $25 an hour. Right. <laughs> we've just, we've so decided just pick your poison. We are in the middle. <laughs> so when I talked about my three tier scale and I have done this with a few sitters that have all been um, college age and driving themselves here. Um, I have done for my three kids, like 11, 13 and 15 respectively. So 15 bucks an hour. If you have all three kids and you're making them dinner and putting them to bed, I will pay $15 an hour for not, for that, which I realize sounds like a ton of money in small town, Michigan, yeah. but I think uh-huh. it's pretty fair here. Um, I, I don't think I've ever played paid less than 10 here. Um, but I, like I said, I would pay 10 to a young teenager who could walk down the street and was watching one of my kids and it being really easy. So I would say for me, like we just gave the really wide range. My actual range is probably between 10 and 15. Um, so very curious where our listeners live and how yeah. these, um, how these standards vary. Um, But I also think regardless of what the numbers are, and maybe you're like shocked at our numbers, or maybe this sounds familiar to you. Maybe you think we're way off regardless of what the numbers are. I think it helps to ask around. It helps to ask. um, I've been surprised by people I thought would pay their sitters really well that don't pay very well. (laughs) I'm not, I mean, I just have. You gonna Um, name any names? No, no, (laughs) not gonna name any names. Um, So I think the more you ask around, um, the more you realize there there is a range and, you know, and ask your sitters. I find the young ones are really, we talked about this last week, they can be really reluctant to name their rate or to yes. talk, to even talk about money. So with the young ones, I think it's definitely helpful to go in with a number that you have decided based yes. on whatever research you've done. Or you're going to have one of those, the most awkward conversations yeah, ever. Exactly. You're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So, um, but, also, but I also will say, I feel like, and, and I totally agree going with an amount, but I almost feel like the older I get, the more I feel like it's my job as a grown woman yeah. to help young women yeah. manage this stuff. And so I've gotten more direct. I will say the older I've gotten, the more I'll just look someone in the eye and say, okay, so I usually pay X. Is that mm-hmm. okay with you? Do you think it's fair? You know, like I'm almost like challenging them yeah. to challenge me and they never do, but right. it's I, I just want 
that to be like, I want to be really frank about it yes. because, you know, we're not taught to be and most of my sitters are female. So it's yes. just a, a good opportunity, I think, to like help. I think women that's, I think that's so true. And I think we can help them by even taking it one step further and, and saying what, what I expect for this. So again, the dishes, maybe the dishes are hard for me, but when I say like, okay, so I'm going to pay 11 for when it's you and my youngest child. And here's what, you know, here's why when you have two kids, I'll pay this much and what I expect. And yeah, I, I think you're giving them the gift of being able to talk about money, explain what's expected. And that's a great time to have any of those conversations about cleaning or other things yeah. of what's yep. included at this rate. And so, yeah, I have gotten way more frank over time as well. Um, oh, I, I know what I was going to say too, is I, of course, there's no amount of money that is like worth it or not worth it to keep your kids safe and alive. I remember my of mom course. saying that growing, growing up, like how much you pay babysitters is sort of a silly conversation because they're taking care of like the most, pre- the most precious, precious thing, thing yes. ever. So to put like $5 or $30 right. an hour on it is sort of abstract in a way. Yes. Um, having said that, I think I paid, I paid some sitters too, not too much. I paid them more than the going rate out of not thinking about what all they were doing in my early days. So it is worth thinking about what is your scale? Like, don't start with, I'm going to pay $15 an hour. Start with what are, what is this scenario demand? And, and how could I increase that later? Cause I love giving sitters raises, like a raise either to yeah. say, you've been with us for a long time. I'm going to start paying you more per hour, or I'd like you to do an overnight and I'm going to pay you. I paid my sitter so much when she did an overnight, like way, way more than I needed to, but she really helped us that yeah. overnight. And it was the first time we had had like a non-family member stay overnight. And I just felt like she'd earned it by, by being really loyal to our family and like taking really great care of my kids. I felt like it was sort of like, a reward for getting to that place where we could trust her to do that. So yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. I feel like it just, it just evolves, but yeah, the more Frank, the sooner, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about I, the last two topics I have on my outline are helping kids succeed with sitters when maybe they're nervous or there's separation anxiety and then helping the sitters succeed with our kids. Cause we've talked a little bit about the house expectations and the money expectations, yeah. but actually with the, developing the relationship with our kids. So um, I guess I have a few tips for kids who might be sitter reluctant or worried about mom leaving or whatever. Um, And mine are mostly like when you're heading out for the evening, say like date night type of situation, but I think they could work for any time. So um, one is to have something for the kids to look forward to, like a movie or a treat or one rule that that gets to get bent, but not a free for all. I also think, you know, kids don't do well when all the rules go out the window and especially sensitive kids can feel really um, like out of Unmoored. sorts. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you want to say you can eat sugar and stay up all night and yay, we're having a sitter. Yeah. And then you're sort of then <laughs> yeah. just bribing your kids to go through with it. And well, that's and not a good long term. You're yes. not setting them up for success either. And then you got to do that every time. So right. exactly. um, I would say like one treat or something to look forward to and then, and then helping the sitter stick to the rest of the house rules in the way we talked about earlier. So, you know, for my kids, that's usually, I often have a movie started, um, if they've already had dinner or we'll let them eat on the floor in front of a movie. Um, That has always helped with separation anxiety when my kids were like toddlers and early preschoolers when they didn't want us to leave. Um, The movie would help. I don't sneak out. I know that's sometimes easier, but I have tried not to like 
you know, sneak out while the kid doesn't notice. Yes. I, so I, I will say one kid of mine, I, I became a sneaker outer. Okay. Because the, and the rest I did not. And I, and I philosophically, I don't believe in it. Yeah. But it was like the only way. And it always was fine. Yeah. This one kid, the more attention you drew. Yeah. And I, I think it was Owen. Gosh, I can't even remember if it was Owen or Will, but I think it was Owen. Like the more attention you drew to the fact that I was leaving, the worse it got. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this doesn't make sense. You're supposed to prepare them and you're supposed to like, right. ease them in. And it, the more I tried to make it yeah. better, the worse it became. So, um, so I did get, but it would kind of be like a, like, it wasn't like I just, I don't know, ran out the door. They were occupied. They were busy. And I think the sitter would kind of be like, oh, your mom's going. And it was just yeah. like very quick, 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 bang, bang. Yeah. Mom's gone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't sneak as a rule, but I sometimes break my own rules. And that was one. One well, kid that I did. Yeah, no, and you got you have to do whatever works. Like nothing works the same for every kid. Right. Um, no, I had I think all three of my kids between about the ages of like a year and two and a half probably cried every time we left. So that's yeah. if we have new parents listening who think maybe you found a bad sitter because your kid cries when you leave. No, they no, do. They just it's do. The age or the stage. Yeah, it's the age and the stage. And I think it's it is good to ask the sitter how long did they you know stay upset. Um, and I think. The, the best sitters are the ones that can distract and keep everybody having fun. And yeah, but um, it's just rough. It's just a phase that sometimes you got to go through. On and I that, would text my sitter and just yeah. say like, like, you know, 15 minutes later, I'd say, hey, everything good there? Good there. And almost always they would text right back and say, yeah, it's fine. Yep, totally. You yeah. can check in. Um, I am not above sugar bribes for stuff like that. Like I have yeah. left like jelly beans on the counter and be like, OK, it's going to be ugly for a minute here. Here's some jelly beans right. for distraction or whatever. Um, on that note, one of my tips that I wrote down was to have everything ready to go for yourself so that goodbyes can be quick. I don't know oh, how so many times I, I have yes. walked out the door, gotten in my car and realized I left something inside. And then you're like, oh, I got to go in and the kid is still crying and you got to leave again. That's not pretty. So that's not pretty. If you can like think through that stuff so that you can make a quick beeline. Um, Um, You know, one thing, another little tip I have, Clara was a had a really I mean, she was very attached to me and had a very, very hard time with me leaving until she was quite old. Right. I would even now she's eight. And this is I it's like a triple hug. Goodbye. Like, yeah, she has to have a hug when she finds out she's leaving. I'm leaving. (laughs) She has to hug me while I'm getting ready. And then she has to hug me as I'm walking out there. And then sometimes she chases me out to my car for one more hug. So she's still very. Yeah, she she no, she's obviously doesn't cry anymore, but she needs a lot with goodbyes. And one thing I remember finding worked really well for her. And I want to say maybe Owen, this worked for as well was sometimes the goodbye was the sitter taking the kids someplace yes. rather than mom leaving. Um, that always worked. If we could work it out. And sometimes it was walking to the park as yeah. I was getting ready to go or they'd go, you know, run an errand or something, something about them leaving me. Yes. Always felt so much better than me leaving them. And then they come back to the house and I'm not there and whatever. It was never a big deal. That that is a really that's a really smart tip. And I'm actually thinking about when I first started using Erin, she would take Violet to the park every time because I, yeah. we were podcasting. That was in the very early days of our podcast. So I had to get them out of the house so I could record. And that was a great strategy, too. Sometimes she'd be yeah. sort of tearfully waving down the street and they'd be walking yeah. <laughs> away with the stroller. But yeah, it removed removed the home situation. Well, and they're thinking what they're thinking now is I'm not with my mom. However, my mom is in my house, which is where she should be. And mm. there's just a little bit of a difference about that. Even yeah. if they know in some way when they come back, you won't be there. Right. The fact that they're leaving you in your proper place in yep. their in their heads, it just, I don't know, psychologically, it just worked. So I did it a lot when they were littler. Yeah, that's a really smart tip. Um, 
So one thing I have started to do now that my kids are older and my kids love sitters now, I don't have any separation. I, I do have some excessive huggers, I will say some, some <laughs> long goodbyes, but no sadness anymore. And, um, but they are older. And so one thing I've started doing more recently is communicating any rules and expectations about the night in front of my kids. We talked earlier in this episode about, you know, commuting things, communicating things to your sitter, but my kids are old enough that I sort of make them listen or I talk to them and the sitter is listening. Um, and I think that does get a little bit more buy-in on things like bedtimes or whatever. And that way I can say things like, you guys get to stay up a little bit late tonight because Aaron's here, but I want you in your pajamas before the end of the movie or whatever. Like whatever I decide is on like, the same page. <laughs> yes. And um, and I will even write like the simplest things down on our chalkboard in our kitchen because two of the three kids can read and then everybody is on the same page. And I think that's it's kind of just a nice uh, gift you're giving your sitter right. of instead of downloading everything on them and asking them to be the disciplinarian or the home manager, you're putting it in front of everybody. And my yeah. kids are at a great age for that because they, they're not defiant. They want to have fun. And then everybody hears the same message. So I think that's that's kind of a nice phase that we're in right now. Let's talk really quickly about the actual relationship your sitters are building with your kids and any information you give them to sort of help. I know, like you said, Clara was pretty clingy to you. Um, and I know I'm sure over the years, the boys had various things. Like, do you feel like you gave t sitters tips about like, Hey, if so-and-so gets into tantrum mode or gets this oh, way, yeah. here's a way to handle it. And so yes. would you just, would that be sort of need to know info? Again, you can't like, you can't tell them everything. So how do you know? No, you can't, but you know, you could do, you can, you know, especially if you've been, you know, with your kid a lot that day, it, I find it is trickier when you, when it's one of those quick turnaround situations, like yes. maybe you've been at work, you come home, you have an hour, then you have to go back out or something. Yes. It's like, what's happening with my kid today? Yes. I don't even know. It's um, so true. It's, but if you've had the benefit of some time, I might just be like, oh, today didn't really nap that well. Right. Uh, you're probably going to see him getting, you might want to go down a little bit early or, or like he's really into this show right now. So, you know, it's okay with me if he watches an extra episode because it's like, he's just like on a binge right, right. now or whatever, whatever it is. Um, I find that just paying a little bit of attention to your kid, if you have the whole day, that's great. If you don't just pay extra close attention right. and then communicate like that like the need to know that day. That's so, um, that's so yeah. smart. Yeah. Yeah. Because totally, there's too much otherwise. And the, your kids, it's like kids change. There are different kids sometimes from, from day to day. So. Yeah. And we've talked about this when we talk about school and teachers that sometimes kids are bet, quote unquote better or different for sitters than they are with yeah. you. So you don't need to give the sitter every possible trigger that your kid might have a meltdown over because maybe they won't. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think it's really nice to give them solutions or like you said like here's what helps um yeah my kids have all in their all been very attached to their little blankies their little loveys so like obviously i don't leave without making sure the sitter knows that that's an important piece of fabric and yes. where where the backups are or where to find you know if you have a pacifier kid or a lovey kid and also just what helps them when they are upset what's just you know what's helpful what's distracting um do you I find that allegra um like stamp steps in to oh, help totally. the sitter. I was, I'm sure I could totally and, see and that. And she has her. since she was probably six years old, you know, right. like, which is really, really helpful. Right. Um, we had she a funny, can't tell you why she's crying, but I yeah, can, yes. I can, I know everything. <laughs> um, we had a funny experience just the other night with, um, we have these two new sitters who are about 16, they're sisters, twins, and they're amazing. They're really, really good with the kids. Um, but they are still, you know, 16, they're juniors in high school. And I had corn dogs that the kids love like frozen corn dogs. They go in the oven 
done. So I'd put them in the oven, set the timer, and the sitter knew they were supposed to come out, whatever. So when they took them out of the oven, for some reason, they were all nasty inside. Like the cornmeal batter was all, you know. So And she texted me, which was very mature. She said, I don't feel like I should serve these to the kids. And I said, no, you're, you're right. They, who knows? They might be fine, but it sounds sketchy. And I said, Reed is going to have a really hard time with this because Reed is not good with last minute changes, especially when it's something he's been looking forward to. So right. they love these corn dogs. They knew they were in the oven. That was what was for dinner. And they come out and she has to tell him, just kidding, you can't eat this corn dog, which right. is a real big trigger for him. And it was great. We had a short little text exchange. I was like, okay, Reed's going to have a hard time with that. I was like, he's going to ask you for like makeup corn dogs as soon as possible. I was like, <laughs> tell him, I promise makeup corn dogs within the next week. And we kind of had a few funny exchanges and she's like, Allegra's making French toast. She saved the day. So oh, it was great. really cute. So that oh, was so cute. But she actually had great instincts about when to contact me. She had great instincts about the food safety. I mean, that's something that not yes. all I don't think it'll be on the radar of like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that was great. And it gave me an opportunity to be like, because Reed has gotten so much better about that kind of anxiety and meltdowns that I really don't. That wasn't something I would have prepped her with. But yeah. once she texted, I was like, OK, here's what's going to happen. And she was like, well, and yeah. And I think that that's that that leaving that open door. And I, you know, I'm not someone who like and sometimes it doesn't work. Like if you're at a play or a movie or or like, you know, at a work dinner or something like that, you're not necessarily going to be able to check your text. But I do make it pretty clear, like just text me if something is important and I'll check when I can. And even if I'm out with friends, I might just make a moment to check, just glance at my phone every half hour, hour or something like that. And if it's important, I'll deal with it. And and that's, you know, things come up that you can't anticipate. Yeah. You would never have anticipated that. Yeah. And there would have been no point in you kind of like setting her up to think Reed's going to flip out. Yeah. <laughs> about anything, you yeah. know, if, if there's no reason to. So sometimes stuff just emerges and yeah. You, and you won't always get it right. There's going to be nights that don't go well for anybody. Yep. Yep. So have, that happens. You can't always plan around that. No, totally. Um, okay. So this, we have, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground. We really have. I we know. <laughs> have. We have something else fun to tell our listeners about before we wrap up. And that is that we've partnered up with WBUR out of Boston to tell you about Circle Round, which is a new podcast for your kids. So if your kids yes. have been listening to this or in the background waiting for mom <laughs> to be done listening to her mom podcast, guess what? You can put on something for them right now in you your can, podcast. But the cool feed. thing about it is it's not going to be something you need to leave the room for because this is actually a really fun show. It's really you're going to want to listen to as well. So it's called Circle Round. It's available now in iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's the idea is come circle round. You know, we've been gathering around for story time for generations and generations. And WBUR's show brings that this all together with amazing stories and quite um, exciting celebrity guest readers, wouldn't you say? Yeah, so like Jason Alexander is in the pilot episode. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it's really kind of fun, and it's fun to listen to. It's by the same. So WBUR is the same um, is the same station that produces the Modern Love podcast, which yes. I love. Um, I think they did Car Talk, a couple of here and now, like some other shows yes. that you would totally would recognize. And it's in the you know that style that you that I think a lot of podcast listeners love. Um, and also, it's it's kind of reminds me a little bit of like you know. How when you'd watch Sesame Street even as an adult because they always had the fun yes the fun like uh, celebrity, celebrity. Yes. yes like the letter of the week people yes, yes exactly yeah kind of like that so it's really fun it's kind of like um a little bit of like a throwback almost in that way that it's good kids entertainment, but it's fun for adults to listen to. Yeah. Well. And the production value is so good, both in an appealing way to little kids. So I listened with my four and seven year olds and they are geared toward, I think, ages three through 10. Um, so there are animal sounds, for example, when they're talking about farm animals, but not in a corny, cheesy 
cringy Caillou type of way, <laughs> like in a in a public radio high quality kind of way. So I, it's yeah. it's kind of an amazing um, like perfect sweet spot for really high quality kids programming that's not annoying to you. With like you said, with the fun celebrity readers like Jason Alexander. Um, one thing that I love, love, love is that they this whole initiative really takes into account um, global perspectives, um, inclusiveness, diversity. So the are, these are folk tales or classic stories that have been sort of adapted for a modern audience. Um, and so the stories are relatable and you know entertaining, but there a lot of thought has gone into making this something that really introduces our kids to global perspectives and not yeah. in a heavy-handed way, but in a way that, you know, maybe there's some questions that are prompted or some topics that come up for you and your kids to discuss after they listen. So yep. we're we're big fans. Yeah, big fans. So um, you can just find that where you find your podcasts. Yeah, and go do it right now because you're listening yeah. to a podcast. So <laughs> it's Circle Round. Um, search it up, as our kids say. <laughs> search up. Yes. Search it up in your podcast feed. Um, and then in our show notes, we will link to um, their website and their social media so you can check them out um, there as well. So thanks to Circle Round. We had a lot of fun listening to that pilot episode yeah. and getting to know what they're doing. So my kids are already total big fans. All right. So I guess we can wrap up and remind everybody that the show notes will be at themomhour.com. This was episode yeah. 120. Can you believe it? Was that? it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. That sounds okay. like absurd. Um, and then also just a reminder that our deal with Epic is at getepic.com. And the promo code for that is momhour for two free months. And that does expire October 15th. So you want to yeah, go grab so that get on as that well. quickly. And thanks for bearing with me as I sniffled and coughed. And I don't know how much of that came across, but I've been like kind of wheezing for the last few minutes. So it's all right. We appreciate I'll be all better you being next here week. anyway. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll thanks, see you everybody. next week. Thanks, everybody. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code themomhour20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code themomhour20 to save 20%. Hi, everyone. Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So. When you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the mom hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.